Good afternoon, church family. I greet you in the name of Jesus Christ. So we are going to be looking at some more uh, commentary regarding uh, this really, really powerful, dramatic saga of King David. I, I want to do this. I want to pray for us and then read some scripture from the book of Psalms. So let me do just that. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, O oh God, we seek you in all that we do, O oh God. Uh, guide us, shield us, Lord. Reveal to us your glory and grace. And we ask this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. So church, what I want to do is turn to Psalm 51, verses 10 and 12, and 16 and 17 this afternoon. Hear now these words. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. You do not delight in sacrifice or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. You, God, will not despise. Thanks be to God. So some more commentary that I want to pull from uh, our uh, book study here, beginning with uh, page 119. L listen to this. In regards to how uh, this text about David and Bathsheba really relate to, to every everyday life here, Church, we live in a world that finds grief troublesome, embarrassing even. We don't live with death every day, the way our ancestors did, of course. We don't wash and clothe our own dead anymore. We don't keep vigil over our bodies for days. In our culture, the reality of death exists at a distance from us, and some of that is a good thing. The problem is that when death is separated from the practical reality of our own lives, grief can become something strange, unnatural, almost shameful. When we see someone overcome with grief, maybe even sobbing, too often our reaction is embarrassment, or worse, we may think, what an extravagant display of grief means a lack of faith. For many of us, it's not easy to be vulnerable when we're struggling. For a, a reflection here, I remember after my own father died suddenly, I felt like I'd been thrown into a parallel universe that no one else was inhabiting. Financial matters were left unresolved, court battles bubbling up, and I felt like I didn't even have time to grieve. There was too much else to do, and when people asked how I was doing, it was easier to say, well, I know I'll see him again one day soon, than to unload the tidal wave of grief I felt might even drown me. I distinctly remember being on a treadmill at the gym, trying to hold it together and thinking the person 
bouncing along next to me has no idea I just lost my dad and might completely lose it in any second. As a Christian, I worried that falling apart might telegraph that my faith was weak. But grief is a good and healthy reaction to a fallen world. Our grief tells God that we cherish his gifts to us. We cherish them so much that we sometimes can't imagine our lives without them. Our pain tells God how much we value life. Too often, mothers lose their children, especially mothers who lose their babies before we are even born, before they are even born. They feel a need to hide their anguish. I don't for a second think God asks that of us. Who better understands the grief of watching a child suffer and die than our own Heavenly Father? For He has suffered as we do. For He meets us in our grief. And as the psalm urges us, cast our cares on the Lord and He will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. That's Psalm 55, 22. And he reminds us, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. Psalm 34, 18. I think this is an important spot for a bit of biblical rabbit hole. I've often found comfort in the words David wrote in Psalm 51. When he was begging for God's forgiveness, as I suspected, Experts believe this psalm was written after he was confronted by Nathan with the gravity of what he'd done. He pleaded for mercy, admitted the depth of his own sin, and accepted that the Lord's verdict against him was trust, just rather, and true. So here, Psalm 51, 10 and 12 and 16 and 17 once again. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. You do not delight in sacrifice or I would bring it and you do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. You, O God, will not despise. David was broken. Have you been there? I'm sure you have. Left only with the remnants of my selfish choices and guilt over those things that I have wounded. Few of us will ever weave a web as tangled and deadly as David, but it's likely all of us will have regrets over our sinful choices. Wow, that's powerful. Let me leave it there, church, and we'll pick up with the next week's reflection. Let me close with this. What profound words. Few of us will ever weave a web as tangled and deadly as David did. But, but, it's likely all of us, 
Here it is. Have regrets over sinful choices. Wow. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, for our own sinful choices that we regret, that we have remorse over. It's never too late to repent, to confess those sins, to confess that wrongdoing, to confess how they have created within us a rebellious spirit. Lord, forgive us, we pray. Free us, Lord, for joyful obedience. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Church, have a wonderful and blessed day. And remember to trust and obey. Take care. God bless.